He likes being alone, but hates feeling lonely. He usually goes silent when he's hurt or something's bothering him. Being out in nature or at night makes him feel the most at peace. He believes he will always see the good in people. Going on drives makes his brain feel at ease. He's not fully himself with anyone. He tends to sleep his problems away. He struggles to explain his feelings to others, so he rarely shares what he truly thinks of them. This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. Depression. Anger. PTSD. Suicide. Who am I? What do I do now? Hey guys, welcome back to the Veritable Veteran Podcast. Uh, This has been kind of a crazy week uh, in the social media realm. A video that I posted went a little bit crazy on Facebook. I don't know that it went viral, but it went, it got a lot of attention and I've gained uh, somewhere between five and 600 followers uh, just in the last week or so. So that was kind of a big deal for me, but I was listening to the video again and I thought, man, well, and it's clear to me that this video obviously resonated with a lot of people because more so than just the followers and the views, the comments have been really enlightening because there's a lot of people saying, this describes me perfectly. And so I thought, well, if it's describing people perfectly, it's obviously relatable and it's resonating with them. I should probably elaborate a little bit more on that because it describes me, the video describes me really well. Um, there's a couple things in it that I'm kind of like, well, I don't necessarily do that. But if you took that out, it's basically me. Uh, and then one guy even said, you know, in his comment, he's like, man, I guess we're basically just all the same. And he kind of laughed. And I'm like, well, that's a big revelation to make. And he made it as kind of like, I guess we're just all the same, LOL. But stop and think about that. When you're feeling this way, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling like you're the only one that feels this way, it's not true. You are not the only one. There are thousands of comments, I don't know about thousands, hundreds of comments on this video where people are saying, yes, this describes me perfectly. So clearly, we're not the only ones feeling this way. So because I'm feeling this way, and if you're feeling that way, then there's already at least one other person that feels this way. And this video and the interactions on it have shown that several hundred people, at least several hundred people feel this way. So What I wanted to do is just talk through what the video says and then describe and kind of explain the, it's a, it's a contradiction. I'm a contradiction because I feel this way and I'm contradicting myself in how I'm, how I'm feeling and how I'm acting. So I'll just get into the first point. It says he likes being alone, but he hates feeling lonely. I enjoy being alone. I don't, I I need time alone. I need time to be away from everybody, away from my kids, away from my wife, away from my friends, just alone by myself, 
to decompress. But I absolutely hate feeling lonely, like I don't have anyone. Like, I'll go out in the woods and I'll work for a couple of hours. But I have to come back and be with the people that I love. If I'm alone for too long, I start to get into my own head. And I don't like being in my own head. My own head's a scary place to be. The, the space between my ears is a little bit off. Okay, So I try to stay out of there. Uh, at least try to not be in there for too long. So I, I completely understand that. Like I, I love being alone for a time. But if I'm alone too long, I start to get lonely. And then I start to get afraid of getting into my own head and not being able to find my way out. The second part, it says he usually goes silent when he's hurt or something's bothering him. That's one area that I, uh, I definitely relate to completely because, and I'm trying to think of how to, how to, how to put this into words. My fuse is short. So when something hurts me, I tend to retreat inside my mind and kind of isolate myself so I don't explode. Um, so I'll, I'll go silent for a while. I'll, I'll, I just won't say anything and then I'll walk away. And my issue is coming back to the problem later and addressing it because I'll just stay silent and it's difficult for me to come out of that silence and say, yeah, this bothered me. Uh, this is why. And then discussing it with whoever, if it was someone who caused the hurt, discussing it with them, or if it was something that wasn't directly from a person, uh, discussing it with someone that I trust and explaining to them why it hurt and then talking it out and being specific as to why that hurt and how it made me feel. Because, and that, again, that, that can get into, it starts to sound touchy-feely like, well, you made me feel this way. You have to be specific as to what it made you feel so they can understand why it affected you that way. If you just tell somebody, well, you know, you go silent and then you come back and you're like, well, you made me mad. Okay, how? What did I do? Well, you said this. And they're like, what? Of course, that's, that doesn't, that's nothing. Why, why, would, why would that make you upset? But if you say, when you said this, it made me feel this way. They'll stop and think, oh. I didn't mean for it to make you feel that way. I meant for it to be something else. But that's, that's the critical follow-up to being a silent person who deals with their problems silently and internally. I've chosen to deal with my problems silently and internally because if I allow my external reactions to take place, it's just bad because I'll... I'll throw things or I'll, I'll damage relationships, damage property. I just, I get really angry. So I, I just, I keep it down inside, but eventually I have to go back and let it out because you have to decompress. If all you do is just keep building pressure, eventually the top's going to blow. So you have to find a way to decompress and then you have to go back to those problems later. So dealing with your problems silently can be a good thing 
if that's how you initially react so you don't explode. But to sit there and just stay silent until the problem, quote unquote, goes away, you're not going to solve anything. The third part is being out in nature and at night makes him feel at peace. I absolutely 100% agree with every bit of that statement. (laughs) I love being outside in nature. I love being out near a river, running water. I love the sound of running water. I love the mountains. I love the desert. I love trees. I love just fields of grass. I just, I love it. I love being outside in God's creation. It does wonders for my heart, does wonders for my soul, does wonders for my mind. That's where I feel most at peace. And if I go outside at night and I can look up and see the stars, it's a whole different level of peace. Because, man, it's just, it's quiet. There's nothing there to interrupt my thoughts. And I can, and again, I I don't want to be there for too long because then I start to get into my own head. But I can sit there and if I'm just alone in nature or at night, even if I'm in the city sometimes, it's just, it's quiet. There's less chaos. There's less noise, both internally and externally. And I'm a huge proponent of people getting outside. Stop hiding inside. You've got to get outside. You've got to get vitamin D from the sun. You have got to get fresh air. Get some mud on your hands. Get some mud on your feet. Get the, you know, go, just go for a walk. There are so many benefits to just being outside. And as a modern urban society, we have gotten away from using the outdoors to decompress. We, we find, we try to decompress through watching movies or playing video games or listening to music. And there's nothing wrong with those things in moderation, but you have got to get outside. I do not believe we were designed or created to live inside all the time. Obviously we have to go inside. You have to sleep. You know, generally you're going to sleep inside unless you live outside under the stars, which if you do great, but most people have a house or an apartment and they live in there, they eat in there, they sleep in there, they shower in there, they dress in there and they go outside. But the only time most people, the only time most people go outside is walking to and from their car. Think about it. Like if you just, if you, you come out of your apartment, go to your car, drive to work, you get to work, you walk inside your business while you're inside your business, you, you know, you're there. Say you leave for lunch, you walk back to your car, go to lunch, come back, walk you know, to the restaurant, come back. The only time you're outside is when you're walking somewhere or like going directly to a place and then back to your car, to and from your car. That's where most people spend their time outside. If you work outside, you spend a lot more time outside, clearly. That's not the outside that you need. You need time outside to relax. You've got to get away from everything. Go sit and relax and decompress and just breathe fresh, clean air away from all the chaos and away 
from all the stressors and the expectations of life. The next part was one that I, I don't agree with, but I see the issue. Uh, and it said, uh, he feels he will always see the good in people. I do not always see the good in people. Uh, I find myself being very cynical about people and thinking, you know, people suck. People are stupid. People are dumb. I hate people. I say that all the time. I hate people. I need to stop saying that because I don't hate people. There are certain people that I really don't like. And there are certain, I don't know, not groups of people, but people who fall into a certain uh, style of character that I don't like. It's not, a, it's not like a specific group. It's like these people that act this way, I really don't like them. Or the people that do these things, I, I just don't like them because they're not... Uh, I'm trying to think how to say that. It's just they're not the kind of people that I would want to spend time with or because they're just toxic people is really the best way that I could think to put it. So always seeing the good in people that that's the one biggest, that's the biggest issue I've had with this video, with this little sound clip. And then that's the biggest issue everybody else has had with it as well is they said, everything else makes sense except for that. And I'm like, yeah, I feel that because I don't necessarily agree with, I feel that I'll always see the good in people. I don't. I have to work to see the good in people. And having been around the world and seeing the things people can do to other people and they will do to other people, it's hard to stop and, and just say there's good in everyone. Um, I, I disagree. I, I don't think there is. I think humans are inherently broken, evil beings. And in the end, the only way to fix that is through Jesus. Whether you agree with me or not, that, that's my opinion. And, but without that saving faith in him, in Jesus, we're just inherently evil people. And we do things that are selfish. We do things that look out for us. We do things that are solely based on our benefit. So, I, I believe every human has value. But I don't know that I see the good in every human being. I don't know that there is good in every human being. Some people are just so far gone, I just don't know if there's anything we can even really do for them. I can't do anything for them. I know Jesus can. Nobody's beyond God saving them. But... That it's, there's some people that I just pray for them and I'm like, hey, I, there's nothing I can do, God, you're going to have to reach them because they're beyond anything I can do. But that cynicism, we have to be very careful in our lives not to let it overcome us to the point where we don't talk to anyone because, well, I hate everybody because everybody sucks. That's not true. Some of the people that you claim you hate, you probably just had a bad interaction with them. They're probably good people. Um, and they may think the same thing about you. They may not like you because they had a bad interaction with you. And honestly, if you guys were able to sit down together face to face across the table from each other and have a conversation, you'd discover you have a lot in common. And you're a lot more alike than you think. And that's where I think most issues with people, uh, they, they, that's where they go. Because 
though they don't go because they never get resolved. It's always these these short interactions where it's like, oh, I met this person, they said this or did that, and I didn't like it. I, I can't stand that person. And over time, all those things build up to where you're just like, I hate everybody. We can't live our lives thinking that everybody is bad. Do we need to have a healthy distrust? I think so. I don't trust anybody, especially around like my kids or my family, until I've gotten to know them. And even then, I keep them at kind of arm's distance because I just, I'm, I've, I know too much about the world and human nature to trust anyone completely. There's a couple people I trust completely, wholeheartedly, 100%. And when I say a couple, I mean like, like very, very few, like less than the, the fingers on my hand. So that's the only part of that uh, little sound clip that I really didn't, I didn't agree with. Uh, but I know that I need to get better at at least opening up to more people um, and not necessarily trusting them to the point of leaving my kids with them, but giving them a chance to prove that they are trustworthy more so than just being a cynic all the time and being like, yeah, people suck. Like, yeah, I know, but not everybody does. So the next part, it says going on drives makes, makes him feel at ease. <clears throat> I agree with this to an extent. Sometimes driving makes me want to murder people. Um, but if I'm able to go out to a place, it's kind of like being out in nature, um, just going on a drive with or without music, just doing, you know, just driving and just going down some back roads. It's quiet uh, and it helps me decompress. So I feel that one. I don't necessarily go on drives, you know, just to drive all that often, but I have before. Uh, sometimes it's good to just get away. Sometimes you tell your, your spouse, like, hey, I got to go for a little bit. I'll be back. I'm not leaving. I'm just going for a drive. So it's kind of like going for a walk, going, you know, uh, to the gym or whatever. It's, it's a way to decompress. If that helps you, then, but, then do it. But you've got to communicate that to the people you love and say, hey, I'm not leaving because I'm like so angry that I have to leave. I'm leaving because I'm feeling myself getting angry and I need to decompress before we talk about this. So rather than just run out the door and say, or just slam the door, jump in your car and peel out of the driveway, that doesn't help. You may feel like doing that. And have you done that? Have I done that? Yeah, I've done it before. Was it a good idea? Absolutely not. What I've found has worked the best for me and my wife is if I need time to process. My wife loves to talk about things right away. She wants to talk it out right here, right now. Let's talk it out. Let's get it done. Figure this out and we can move on. And I'm like, nope, mm -mm. we ain't talking right now. If we talk right now, we're going to fight. And if, you know, then it's just going to get worse. So I have to go to her and say, babe, I need some time. I'm going to go outside for a little bit. I'm not leaving, I'm just going to go decompress and process in my head for a little bit, and then I'll come back. And that's how, but the, the, the most important thing is the coming back and finishing the conversation. Too many times I've gone out and I'll, I'll be quiet for a while, I'll decompress, and then I'll come back. And then the problem 
gets uh, covered up by all the different distractions of life, kids, dinner, activities, uh, the dishwasher broke, the sink's leaking, whatever, life happens. And I, we forget to go back to that and talk about it. And it's like having an open sore that you just, you never actually clean and take care of. It may eventually scab over, but it's going to leave a nasty scar. But if you actually take care of it, there may still be some evidence that it was there, but it's going to be a lot healthier and it's going to look a lot better and it's going to actually heal properly. That's the thing that we have to do is come back to it, work through it so it can heal properly. So going on drives, going out in nature, again, you have to have a way to decompress. And usually that's going to be going off somewhere by yourself for a little while. But you have to come back and finish the conversation. You cannot just walk away and say, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go over here. And then when I come back, we're just going to sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened. You can do that, but you can only do it so long. And eventually it's going to, you're, you're building up all the pressure. It's like in a pressure cooker. If you just keep building pressure and you don't ever let the pressure out, eventually it's going to explode and someone's going to get hurt. The next one is says he's not fully himself with anyone. <sighs> and that's, that's a tough one because I'm not really fully myself at work because the people at work that I work with, uh, I'm not necessarily best friends with, and I still have that mask on and I don't tell them everything that's going on. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Like every, not everybody has to know what's going on all the time. That's not healthy either. It's just airing your dirty laundry out there for everybody to see. We don't need to do that. But there's got to be somebody in your life that you're able to open up to and truly show them who you are. And I completely agree with that statement. He's never truly himself with anyone because for a long time I, I wasn't. And sometimes I'm still not. But I'm trying really intentionally to be myself all the time whether I'm at home with my wife and my kids or I'm at work or I'm with my friends or I'm with my veteran buddies or whoever it is I'm trying to get to the point where I can be myself the same person no mask no pretense nothing just me and I can still filter what I tell people and I can still decide who I want to open up to. But that doesn't mean that I can't be myself around everybody. Because I don't want to be different people around different, different people. I want to be me. Fully me. To everyone. That way when someone sees me in a different context where I don't realize they see me, they're not like, oh, well, he's obviously two different people. One person on his podcast, one person on his Instagram page, and then another person in, in person. I want to be the same person all the time. And that, that takes work. It takes intentionality because I can't just 
you know, make it happen overnight. There's times that I want to put on this mask of, oh, I have it all figured out. And, <laughs> and then life hits me and I'm like, no, I don't have it all figured out. But that's something I'm working on to be intentional about being the same person, no matter whether everyone's looking or no one's looking. And that comes down to also just having integrity and keeping yourself accountable. And that's hard because there's times you just want to be a scumbag and <laughs> you just want to be lazy and you want to do things that you know you shouldn't. And because it feels good or because it helps you quote unquote relax or because it, you know, it, it helps you decompress, quote unquote decompress. But if you're always wearing that mask, it's going to wear on you and it's going to hurt. And it's eventually, it's, it's going to, the mask is going to crack, it's going to break. And people are going to start to see through it. And then when it comes off and it reveals who you truly are, people are going to be hopefully not shocked. But most people, if our friends saw us for who we truly were when no one was looking, it would be shocking to them. And I don't want that. And we need, as a community, we need to start helping each other get to that point where we're not wearing a mask and we're not hiding ourselves. Where we can be truly ourselves with everyone. Ooh, this is a good one. He sleeps his problems away. <laughs> I cannot tell you the number of times I've had a massive blowout argument with my wife and I'll go and lay down and take a nap. And it makes my wife absolutely furious that I will go and lay down and take a nap because she is amped up after an argument. And then I go and I lay down in our bed and I just, just done, out, cold, like a light. Drives her batty, okay? So I'll wake up and I'll be like, man, I feel good. And then I go to her and she is just seething because I have been sleeping this whole time and she has been overthinking in her mind and over-processing and thinking through what I was thinking, or, you know, she, she's like, what was he thinking? What was, what did he mean by this? And what did he mean by that? And we need to talk about this and how dare he go take a nap and leave me with the kids and go and just, and I'm like, I need to go take a nap. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm amped up right now and I need to just go decompress. And, and once I let all the pressure out, I just fall asleep. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to take a nap after an argument or a problem. Or, a, you know, a stressor in your life. You're like, I just need to go lay down. Make sure you communicate that with those who love you. Because they're going to think that you're just ignoring the problem. And that you're just like, well, I'm just going to go take a nap. And I'm just going to leave them to deal with it. That may not be your intention, but that's what they're seeing. That's what they're thinking. Okay, so. It's like the whole going silent. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty silent when I sleep. I do talk in my sleep an awful lot. I got some pretty hilarious stories about things I've said, but in general, I'm pretty quiet when I'm sleeping. Right. So again, it's like when something's bothering me, you know, he goes silent or he goes to sleep. That's okay. But you have got to communicate that with people. You can't just disappear and go to bed. There's people that you care about and that care about you and that 
you have an issue with that are waiting to have the, this, this discussion about this issue. And they look and they come into the bedroom and they're like, oh, I'm going to leave them alone for a little bit. And they come back and you're asleep. It's hard for them to deal with and hard for them to understand. Now, to the loved ones of people who tend to fall asleep after an argument, listen, there have been dozens of times in the 13 years that I've been married, almost 14 years, that I have fallen asleep after an argument unintentionally. Because I will go sit somewhere and I will decompress. And the pressure coming off of my body relaxes me so much that I will fall asleep. Sitting or laying down or whatever. I've found myself, I was sitting in my truck one time. I shut the door. I'm going to decompress. And I fell asleep. And I was asleep for a while. I was asleep for like an hour. And I, you know, my, my wife was like, where did you go? And she was pretty upset. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. I didn't mean to. If they're telling you that they fell asleep, they didn't mean to, they may not be making that up. They may be being very honest because that release of, I guess it's like a dopamine release of, you know, just like, <sighs> and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I'm tired. And then you just, and you're just asleep. Don't assume that because they went to sleep, that they're just ignoring the problem. It may put them in a better mindset to discuss the problem later on. And that's good for you. <clears throat> so just from personal experience, just know that falling asleep after having an argument or a stressor or something like that uh, is not always intentional on our part. So just be aware of that and Hopefully that can maybe head off a couple of you know, knockdown, drag out fights between spouses because their spouse went and went to sleep. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's something that I, yep, that's me. My hands up. I'm, yep, that one's me. I'm the problem. So the last one is, uh, struggles to share his feelings about, and it was just, I think it said something about like sharing his feelings about others and just sharing his feelings in general. Most people do not like to look at somebody and say, I like you. Even fewer people like to look at someone and say, I don't like you. Because they don't like, most people don't like conflict. Even if they say they do, most people do not. And they care about avoiding that conflict. Because that conflict can be, it's, it's awkward. It's not fun. Nobody enjoys it. I mean, I guess some people may enjoy it, but... Most people don't. So sharing feelings can sound really touchy-feely and like, oh, let's all sit around the fire and hug each other and sing Kumbaya. That's not the point. And I'm not saying that you need to do this. Again, you're not doing this with everyone. There's a select group of people that you, you have got to have a select group of people that you can sit down in front of and lay it all out, lay it bare, bear it all, and just say, this is what I'm feeling. I need to talk about it. If you don't do that, you're never going to fully heal. You've got to find someone somewhere that you can talk to. And someone who's not going to give you crappy advice. Like if you're talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, that sucks. You should definitely go get drunk or 
you should let's go drink our problems away or let's go you hit this blunt or let's go over here and do this line of cocaine or let's go whatever like no no you don't need that advice you absolutely do not need that advice those are toxic people avoid those people at all costs okay you need people that are going to encourage you to work through these things to find the root of the problem not cover up the symptoms with alcohol or drugs or sex or anything else you've got to find the root cause of the problem what's causing your depression what's causing your anxiety what's causing your sleeplessness what's causing your irritability what not the symptoms and people are so quick to give advice on helping with symptoms it's like what okay but what's causing it and that's what we need to figure out and that's why we share what we're truly feeling what's really going on inside of our heads so we can work through it and men across the country and across time throughout all of world history men and women but mostly men struggle so badly with admitting that they're having a hard time with something. Like imagine a Spartan going to one of his Spartan buddies and being like, man, I'm really struggling today. Like my wife's been, you know, nagging me about fixing the, you know, the, the water canal to our garden. <laughs> Just, you know, and the kids have been driving me bonkers and, you know, or, during that last battle, when I saw Hector get hacked up, you know, that was pretty, that was probably hard to watch. I, I promise you those conversations happened, but only like very, very few of them. And cause most of them probably immediately, once they heard someone else talking, they just like shut up and like, they just, you know, it's like a, like a, oh, what was that called? When they suck up inside their shell, like a hermit crab, or it's not a hermit crab, it's something, it's the sea animal. You touch it, like, and just sucks her back up inside and hides. That's what they're doing. Because they're like, oh, we can't talk about that. That's just weakness. We're Spartans. We're tough. Oh, yeah. So these things were never worked out. I mean, all throughout history, you got these issues of men not talking, and they're like, well, I'm just going to go get hammered drunk, and I'm going to work through my problems through this, you know, bottle of whatever. And as a community of veterans, we've adopted that as that's just the way it is. And that's not true. That's the way that it has been. That is not the way that it has to be. And we have got to get better of, at talking with our friends, holding our friends accountable, holding ourselves accountable and saying, what's really going on? And then sharing, yeah, your feelings. Like, what are you feeling? Okay, cool. You're feeling angry. Why? Specific and intentional discussions. Why are you feeling this way? Uh, well, I'm feeling this way because X, Y, and Z. Okay. Let's work through that. We've got to get past this stigma of I'm tough. I don't need help. Everyone needs help at some level. Hopefully, it's just once in a while you have a conversation over some coffee or, you know, 
a cigar or even some alcohol. If you want to drink a beer and have a talk, whatever, that's fine. If it doesn't affect you negatively and you can control how much you have and you just want to have a beer with your friends, do it. And just have a conversation with them and explain like, yes, this is what I'm feeling. This is why. And I hate it. Or I hate that I do this. How can I fix this? And you're going to start to realize that that guy's probably going through the same exact thing. That guy's dealing with the same exact issue. And he hasn't said anything because nobody else will say anything. Nobody else will open up and be honest. Because they're afraid it's going to make them look weak. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Does it take more strength to cry alone? With no one around? Or to cry in front of somebody? And with people watching? And it is a thousand times harder to cry in front of someone. And it takes more strength to do that. To make yourself vulnerable. It's scary. It's terrifying. But we have to do it. That's how you heal. And again, you can't just do that in front of anybody. You've got to find the right people. And that's a process in and of itself. That's a whole other episode. Is trying to find the right people you can sit down and talk to. But we've got to start finding these people that we can trust. And that care about us enough. And honestly, you need to be that person for someone else. And the person that you are their accountability partner, they may not be yours. They may come to you and you go to somebody else. Sometimes it works It works both ways between two people. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they come to you like, like a pastor. Okay, And this is just an example that I have in my head. Like, I'll go to my pastor with an issue, and I'll talk to him, he'll talk to me, and we'll, we'll work through it. He doesn't come to me with his problems. Because he's, like, my, not superior, but he's my, I, I defer to him out of respect and out of reverence for his position. Okay? So, he doesn't come to me with his problems. He goes to a mentor or a peer. Okay? It's the same thing with us. Sometimes we have a younger guy or someone who's just at a lower, a different, not a lower position, a different position in life. And they come to you with a problem. You may not be able to go to them with a problem because you, your problems are completely different. That's okay, but you've got to find someone that you can talk to. But you also need to be that for someone. We've got to be there and be available. And when they start talking, we don't shut them down like, oh, you're just being weak. You're just being soft. Like, suck it up. Quit being, you know, a bunch of words that I don't want to say on here because I'm trying to keep it family friendly. And that immediately shuts people down. Shuts them down. Like, I'm not going to open up because last time I opened up, I got called a pussy or I got called a wuss or I got called weak or I got called soft and I got laughed at. We have got to stop that in its tracks and say, no, you're not weak for bringing it up. If it's affecting you negatively, you need to talk about it. There's going to be times they're going to say some things that you're like, I don't think that really should be affecting you that much, but okay. But it is. Let them work through it. And then we can move on. But if you sit there and just tell them, oh, will you just grow up, shut up, suck it up, move on? That's not helping. And all we're doing is creating generational scars on younger veterans, younger military members, 
younger men, younger women, our kids, because they're coming to us with these issues and we're like, well, just, that's normal, that's life, just suck it up, rather than letting them talk through it. And sometimes, yeah, that is just life. And sometimes they have to eventually just understand, hey man, listen, there's not really a whole lot you can do about that. But we can help them understand that rather than shut them down because when something really bad happens and they want to come talk to us, they, they won't come talk to us because every other time they've come to us, we've shut them down. We've shot them down, right? I just it made them feel like crap, made them feel weak for even bringing it up. We have to stop. We have to be open to the communication. And when we start being open, they'll be there and they'll, they'll bring their problems to us, big problems. And then we can start working through those. And then you'll be able to go to your friend and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. I need your help. I need to talk about this. And that's what we need is we have to be there for each other because no one's going to be there for us. The VA and these other government entities, forget them. You can use them, use them for what they're worth, get what you can from them. Do not rely solely on them. We have got to take care of our own and take care of ourselves. That being said, one thing I want to start working on is a resource list for different states and regions, uh, different things that companies are offering to veterans, whether it's just like a, like fishing trips and things like that, kind of more like recreational stuff. And then there's mental health stuff. And then there's like physical health stuff, like any clinics that are offering care to veterans and things like that. Uh, places that provide money for prescriptions or prescriptions at a discount for veterans, things like that. I'm trying to compile these things. What I need is you guys to start sending me stuff either to my email or to my Instagram or to my Facebook so I can compile this on the website that we're building so I can put resources and then just click on your state, click on your county, and then you'll have resources of recreational stuff, mental health stuff, physical health stuff, um, places where I can get together with people, businesses that offer discounts, things like that, all that stuff. So Again, I'm in the very beginning of this process, so if you ask me for that, I'm not going to have it for you, but I'm working on getting that set up. So, if you guys can send me any resources that you know of or that you provide, please send it to my Instagram or Facebook through Messenger or email it to me at theveritableveteran at gmail.com. And then we'll start compiling this list. But I'm really glad this video has done well. It seems like a lot of people have really related to it and it's resonated with a lot of people and I'm really glad and I hope that uh, if you haven't seen the video it's on my Facebook just the veritable veteran uh, on Facebook and it's just one of the reels that I posted uh, recently and I, um, it was labeled uh, I think it said uh, any other veterans feel this way and it was just a reel of me kind of sitting in the car driving and the the audio clip playing in the background it's on Instagram as well um, so Anyway, just go check out the video, listen to it, and think through it. Does this relate? Do I relate to this? And if you do, believe me, you are 100% not alone because there are several, I mean, it's over 100,000 views now, and people are sharing it like crazy and commenting, you know, just like crazy. So you are not the only one feeling that way. So if you're not, 
your friends are feeling, your friends are probably feeling the same way as well. So we need to start being open and honest about how we are feeling and discussing it with each other so we can start feeling like we're not alone. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you do, uh, again, please, and I always say this at the end of the episodes, just like and subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Uh, it's the best way to to get our, 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 our show out there. And I look forward to, to hearing from you guys. So if you need anything, send me a message. Or if you just want to chat, send me a message and I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll get back with you as soon as, uh, as soon as I'm able to. But all right, I'll see you guys next time. Love you guys. Hey guys, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, go to whatever platform you listen to these podcasts on and leave a review. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, It gets a lot more traffic to us. So again, if you liked it, like, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. All right, love you guys.